Welcome to the Limitless Potential Podcast, where together we will dive into the personal, business, and career-rich tips, techniques, stories, and experiences of some incredibly successful and inspirational people, each with their own perspectives and journeys, and each with golden nuggets of wisdom which might just change your life. I'm Tracy Stone, and I'm a master trainer in a number of career supercharging techniques, a transformational coach, international best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and a woman discovering and evolving my very own limitless potential day by day. and welcome back for another episode of the Limitless Potential podcast. Today I'm delighted to welcome the amazing Pat Lebez who joins us from New York. Pat is a lifelong advocate for seniors who many call the joyful boomer. She's an award-winning international best-selling author, actress, producer and speaker who works with older adults to amplify joy and help restore, repurpose and redefine retirement through the arts. She was a certified administrator of a residential care facility for the elderly, receiving community recognition for excellence in healthcare services and served as director of human resources and volunteer services for the American Red Cross of Ventura County, California. She combines her professional life experiences with her love of the performing arts and as founder of the Third Act Encore. Pat's television work began in Hawaii over 30 years ago and in her 60s, following her overcoming a brain tumor, she returned to show business with TV roles on Blue Bloods, New Amsterdam and many others, as well as film, theater and musical shows as a producer or a performer. She has served on many senior advisory volunteer programs, including the Alzheimer's Association. Pat and her associates help families to navigate through the challenges that many face in retirement so they can experience their own powerful third act, that period of life where wisdom, self-actualization and leaving a legacy become increasingly important. She is also the regional director for Global Woman Club New York. What can Pat not do? She is amazing. And that's why she's here with us today to talk about her journey and how she taps into her very own limitless potential. Welcome, Pat. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Honored to be with you, Tracy. Well, look, let's get stuck in because, again, there's just amazing, juicy things to cover here. So, Pat, as we love to start at the beginning with things, let's go back and tell us what life was like for you before you were an actress, before you were the amazing woman that you are today. What was life like for you growing up as a little girl? Well, I was born in the Philippines and uh, my parents, we traveled a lot, moved around a lot because we were involved and my folks were involved in community development programs at various kind of, some of them were remote. So every other year we'd be in the city back in Manila and every other year we'd go out into these 
provinces and villages out there and try to help folks become more self-sufficient. Um, and that was, you know, that was uh, their lives. And then migrated to Hawaii. And uh, I grew up there, I was 12 years old. And so um, it's been an interesting blending of cultures, <laughs> if you will. And um, continued to move around. Actually, from Hawaii, I've moved to California, uh, and now I'm in the East Coast, Virginia and New York, and everything in between. But I think that whole process from childhood into adulthood has really helped me become resilient. Bloom where you're planted, they say, right? And you know, when I think back, a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know, kind of much more like military families, I guess. You know, we moved around a lot. Um, yeah, and I think gaining an appreciation of the diversity in life, no matter where you are, you know, socioeconomic diversity, <laughs> cultural diversity, you know, language, uh, you name it, because even in the Philippines, there's 87 different dialects, so, you know, just because you're Filipino doesn't mean each one can communicate with each other if they don't know each other's dialect, you know, so it's an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting incredible. Well, yeah. Was it easy or difficult or how did you handle that transition of going from Manila to Hawaii? Um, gosh, again, because I think even in the Philippines, we moved around so much. It was just kind of one of those, well, okay, I've got to learn American way, you know? Um, we've got to, you've got to do everything yourself now. You know, Philippines, we kind of had a lot of help to, to get through the daily life. <laughs> now we've got to learn your own cooking and your own, you know, laundry and, and yeah. But interestingly, uh, in terms of comparison, a friend of my parents, my, my parents would be 106 by now if, if they were still alive. Um, but one of their friends in her 80s uh, became a Facebook friend very recently. And I share this with you because it brought back parts of my childhood because uh, I, I hadn't seen her in decades. And she's seeing me do all of these things. And she made a comment about being a moxie, you know, because I had done this TV interview and a moxie. And I thought, okay, so I said, what's a moxie? Well, you know, gusto and just, you know, determination to do things and, and all of that. She's, yeah, you're doing so much. She says, um, it's nice that you're finally doing that. And I said, yeah, I was a quiet one. I was quite shy. You know, I'm the youngest of nine and along with a lot of overachievers uh, as siblings. And I said, yeah, I was a quiet one. And she says, no, you were the invisible one. Wow. And that really hit me because it's true. My parents were very involved in politics and um, again, community service which was wonderful, but um, I was a quiet one. And as she said, no, you were the invisible one. And it hit me that it's true. And here I am, I'm pushing 65, <laughs> will be a Medicare very soon. And, you know, I'm out there doing things, not so much for me, but really to help elevate other folks to, you know, this is our third act of life, right? So. Um, it's wonderful to be able to have made that transition <laughs> and theater and acting helped a lot in that regard, you know, um, because when you're shy and kind of an introvert, it's very difficult to 
get yourself out there unless you, for me, it's taking on another role, right? You know, and that's where the acting part kind of comes into play. And I think Pat, many people would say shy, introvert, acting. How yes. does that work out? Yes, but you'll find a lot of wonderful actors. Robin Williams, you know, he was a hoot who is <laughs> out there, right? Yeah, he's in person. He's, he was very quiet. And, you know, uh, Robert De Niro, another wonderful actor. Um, I'm told I haven't met him, but I'm told he's very quiet. And many, I find, as I've met other folks, they do tend to be um, introverted. And mm -hmm. acting kind of, for me personally, acting allows you to be able to share a part of you that perhaps you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Same thing with speaking, now that I'm into speaking. Acting is one thing when you're, you know, somebody gives you a script and you become that character. It's a little easier to kind of separate yourself from that, even if you're very speaking and opening up that vulnerability is a whole nother <laughs> level. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, you know, still kind of learning, but yeah, um, it's it's a good it's a good tool to have, no matter whether you choose to do it professionally or just in life. I think, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, navigating through life. So, how did you get into that? I mean, you don't necessarily have to say, "Well, I started acting here," but no. what was the journey to that? Because it probably wasn't the first thing that you happened on. No, no, actually, um, you know, again, my older siblings were very much in the limelight, would dance and stuff. And I'd, I'd perform, you know, I'd dancing is you know, a whole other thing, Philippine cultural dances and stuff. Um, in Hawaii, in high school, actually, um, my sister was involved in theater and we had the best theatrical drama department in the islands and would perform for all of the schools there. And I remember seeing Camelot. <laughs> and then I'm going, Camelot, you know, wow. <laughs> and it was quite a grand uh, production I said oh I want to be there maybe the next show was going to be Sound of Music I said oh I've always actually growing up I wanted to be a nun and so I said oh this is my opportunity to be a nun maybe I can be one of the nuns back there I'd be so happy and even if I just work backstage just to be part of putting the show together you know it's it's it, yeah um I found that kind of intriguing and so I auditioned for the first time in my life I went out there and just belted out a, a song to audition and I got the part of Liesl <laughs> and I was 16 going on 17. And <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So that's kind of how it started. Um, and then the next year we did West Side Story and got Maria, uh, that part. And again, serendipity. Um, but that whole, that's really how it started in terms of, wow, you get to be somebody else. And I think that, again, that helped me in terms of just daily life of, of, you know, coming out of the shell, so to speak. And then that was the end of it. And uh, in my late twenties, um, you know, after a, a failed marriage, uh, kind of trying to reconnect with who I am, who I was, I got involved in community theater and did the world of Susie Wong and the, the, the casting director and talent agent, casting director for Magnum PI was there and came backstage and said, have you ever done television? <laughs> no. So it's, it's really funny, you know, things just kind of happened. And from there, I started doing, you know, shows that were in Hawaii At, back then in the 80s, Magnum PI, Jake and the Fat Man, Island Sun with Richard Chamberlain, 
did some commercials out there. And then I was 34, got married, and I decided, okay, it's time to grow up. <laughs> or so I thought, and kind of retired that. And it so happened at about that time, my mother um, ended up with Alzheimer's. And so, uh, as it is with many families that kind of, you know, you get a whole nother reality check about life and what do we do? How do we pay for this? And how do we take care of her, you know? And so uh, that got me into the world of long-term care and um, then ended up getting my, you know, administrator's uh, license certification and uh, help with management of an assisted living community in, in California, loved it. Uh, because my parents were in Hawaii, I was in California. At that point, I had my daughter. I had my daughter at 40. I'm late, late bloomer with everything in life. <laughs> <laughs> but then the residents, of course, became her extended family, you know, our extended family, kind of a, um, proxy grandparents, if you will. So it actually allowed, um, you know, that family, that community again, but it's also very difficult because as you lose them, you get very attached to these folks. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's interesting. And then I got into, I, I'm, I'm quite an advocate for volunteerism. Actually, do you know, they've done studies that folks who volunteer actually live longer lives for the most part. <laughs> they said on average an extra seven years or there were some study studies done about that. I said, really? <laughs> and so, um, that makes sense, though, as well, doesn't it? It really does make sense because mindset is a huge part. Um, yes. You know, what you have in your heart, what you do with your time, with your life has, I think, a huge impact on huge. your lifestyle and the length and quality of your life. Yes, yes. And I think um, and so that's part of what I really even to this day is, you know, as as we get older sometimes folks especially again if you're 60s 70s and you think oh you know I'm, I'm it's over you know you're kind of just waiting and why do you have so much wisdom and experience that you can give back and so uh with the red cross volunteer services you know always try to find the gifts each each person that chooses to share their time talents and resources in service of our community at large is kind of really learning what are their strengths and every organization, we can always, everybody you know, think, oh, you know, American Red Cross is a disaster services. I can't go out there and, and help typhoon or, you know, a hurricane. No, we need people to answer phones. <laughs> we need folks to, you know, and we need folks to write. We, uh, that's when, you know, we launched, um, back then we didn't even know about uh, what do you call online newsletters, right? <laughs> You know, we need technology. I mean, a lot of these organizations are, are you know, rely on, on funding from private funding or, you know, and the generosity of folks and, and otherwise they can't do the services that they provide. So volunteers are able to, you know, able to really make a difference. Just maybe not out there in the limelight, but you are making a difference, you know, um, in, in other ways, and it's really, really needed. So even now, I think that that's a, a big part of the living a fulfilling life. <laughs> I like that a lot. It makes a difference somehow. So what came next for you? The, how long were you in the, the home looking after these amazing people that you were uh, 
quite a bit, uh, several years. And what happened in, in preparation of retirement, so we thought, uh, we moved to Austin, Texas. And um, as it turns out, my sister got ill with stage four pancreatic cancer. She lives in uh, outside DC in Virginia. And so um, I was kind of the go-to person within the family as the youngest of nine. Um, you know, we had lost uh, other siblings and every time somebody needed something, I called that. And so um, I got to the East Coast and right about the same time, my husband also started working in New York. And so um, I was kind of juggling the three households. She was given one to three months to live with two types of cancer, uh, pancreatic and breast. She lived four and a half years. And so um, that's what got me to the East Coast. And um, right about the time when my daughter was gonna graduate high school, I knew that that was another chapter in life and I needed mm -hmm. to be an empty nester and got back into volunteering, but I was still taking care of my sister. That was first and foremost, my husband also, you know, was dealing with some back things and a lot of healthcare stuff going on. And so I decided to volunteer with a, a creative side this time, um, not long-term care, because I felt that I was already living that and I wanted to be more creative and got into a, a film lab in support of other artists, the young, they, the next generation in the process of doing that, um, I was told, well, you're doing so much. Why don't you put your headshot in our directory? I didn't even know they had a directory. And I said, I hadn't planned on getting back into acting. I'm 60 years old. You know? <laughs> this was back then. And they said, no, do it anyway. And within a week, I got a call to audition for a part of a woman, of a mom who's dying of cancer. And, you know, with, with uh, two siblings, kind of a, kind of a, um, estranged from each other and so I wasn't I felt like that wasn't even acting I'm living it I'm taking care of my sister right uh and dealing with cancer and right about that time actually that's when I was also diagnosed with a brain tumor and so um that I opted not to have it operated on and just kind of on the holistic way and faith <laughs> faith had a lot to do with it but decided I'm just gonna try to live my life as best I can um and yeah, volunteer with the, uh, the uh, AARP is for you know, association for retired uh, people. And so, um, yeah, just continue to give back. And so that kind of got things started with getting back into show business by accident. <laughs> um, it actually won some awards. Um, and then uh, from there, uh, you know, seeing that I met a group of folks, new friends in, in New York and started doing shows and I kind of got into this thing somewhere in there um, after the passing of another uh, family member, brother-in-law, I realized I'd forgotten to do an MRI. And my doctor says, we can't find a tumor. It's undetectable. Wow. Yeah, when you're told that and you have no understanding of how that happens, <clears throat> It just kind of gives life new meaning. So That's I got an amazing, Pat. I mean, that deserves a whole moment of congratulations because yeah, you. you didn't do treatment. You 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 just carried on and did it through faith and prayer and mindset and and just carrying on with life. Yeah. 
I, 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 I did do holistic ways and I did do supplements, but um, a lot of it is faith. I don't know. I, I don't know. Now, I can't, it's not, it wasn't, don't know if it was cancer because they, they have to, they kept pushing to have it removed, right? Surgery. Now, I had a brother who died of brain cancer and that's what put me on higher risk. That and my sister dealing with stage four pancreatic, I would have, you know, um, skin cancer in the family, breast cancer, you name it. But it was my brother's brain cancer that also, um, when he was only 18 when he died, um, but that the, the, the vision was so vivid in my mind, I just didn't want to go for that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just convinced myself, well, I'm not afraid to die. So it is what it is. And they kept saying, well, even if it's benign, we need to take it out because it's going to push on your brain. And so well, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it as it comes. And just kind of carried on because all of these things were coming up and all of a sudden I'm, you know, signed up with a manager and he's sending me on auditions and I'm doing, you know, this show and that show and, and, um, also being part, I actually produce a short film also inspired uh, by true stories, friends and about love, you know, and um, really being part of this creative process was like giving birth to different projects, to different children, right? Um, And it was just wonderful to be a part of that. And I started saying, why not? Also, I think sometimes we go through these things and you realize that, well, I convinced myself I'm not afraid to die. And I I really am not, I'm at peace with all that. There's that other part, I realized maybe I was afraid to live as many of us are. Indeed. You're afraid to fail. You're afraid of what other people are gonna say. I mean, I was kind of like, I I had folks, I had friends who are saying, I, you know, you're in your 60s, we're all the same. We all went to high school together. How are you that you're still doing this? And I'm kind of, you know what? I got to the point where as crazy as it sounds, why not? If the opportunity is there, you know? And my sister said before she left, before she left us here, because I wasn't going to do the film. And I said, I don't want to leave. She said, I'll be fine. She says, follow your destiny. You, you were meant to do that. I, I didn't even believe it, right? But when things happen that sometimes defies logic, <laughs> you know, and you meet certain people, I've come to this place of just acceptance and you meet wonderful people along the way. And there's a reason all these coincidences sometimes that we find ourselves in, I think are all just, you know, um, opportunities and angels on earth really that help to guide us mm-hmm. um, in this journey. And I'm, that's what I'm, I'm all about is finding joy in the journey. You know, there's a, they say the first act of life is where we learn the skills to navigate through life. And the second act is when, you know, we focus on our career, marriage, kids, family, some will say divorce, <laughs> but family. And the third act is really the importance of we're, we're searching for that wisdom, that pursuit of, you know, self-actualization and, 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 and uh, you know, leaving some kind of a legacy. 
and you start thinking what 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 else can i do what 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 has life been what what to give it meaning you know and um each one of us has a story each one and it's funny because one of the things one of the volunteer organizations that i did um 20 years ago was volunteering for uh, hospice services and that really you you, you that <laughs> will open up your eyes mm-hmm. and back then you know we had cassette tapes and i would just say you know can you want to share something here they will give this to your family and the responses from kids from family members nieces guys i never knew that about mom never knew that about you know my aunt and how sad and as when my parents passed away i realized you know yeah whatever stories they had and they were part of some pretty historical periods and you know on earth <laughs> what they were involved in wow that goes with them unless it's written somewhere or you know taped somewhere right you, you you leave it so the younger generation has it you know and so that's part of what i'm doing today with this third act on for is really encouraging folks to even share a snippet a little chapter in life that that's really quite special that maybe they've never shared my sister who is now 82 years old i i went to visit her she's my pat i'm forgetting things Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of triggering some periods in life but I remembered she would tell a story but this that and the other and her son was sitting right there my nephew said gosh I never I never heard this first time I heard about that and how wonderful it was so enlightening and it was so just warm to see that another layer of bonding of understanding each other based on your life experiences and this is why what took you to certain decisions in life you know that's amazing and so important that's that legacy of history that we're able to leave is so vital and legacy comes up very often in the conversations i have with people we're becoming more aware of it instead of just living life now for us it's becoming very consciously aware of what is it that i am handing on to the next generation and the next generation whether it is uh, financially handing something on stories and history handing something on whatever it is being aware that it's important for us to to know that we're part of a stream and it's it's all washing down to the next generations it's all flowing yes. through but we don't always capture those stories and yes. i know from losing my dad to dementia nearly 2 years ago we captured a lot of things our own little tales about dad and his little funny stories but there's a lot more that we didn't get and you don't get that do over you don't get that chance again not a yes it's not a dress rehearsal is it you know no how would you advise people pat to go about capturing those stories um for posterity for legacy well you know coming from a family of writers 
it's kind of ironic. I know my parents were both journalists, right? And they've always wanted to write a book and never got around to it, you know? And yet they've done, you know, hundreds and thousands of articles out there for others. And many of us, you have that. I never saw myself as a writer. You just don't think it. But that's one way, just writing it down. And sometimes it's daunting. You know, you've written a book. And to write your own book can be, and it's a big task. And that in itself can stop folks on their track. <laughs> like it's too much, you know. So, you know, um, so I would encourage even just writing. And that's why I, I love what I'm doing right now is Third Act Encore, Journeys of a Lifetime. Share just a chapter of life. If that gets a little bit easier. Think back on what what's the little thing that you may not have really shared a whole, or you might have, but you really want to, you know, have that to be remembered, you know, somewhere. Start with that. And I know. think a lot of people underestimate the value of the journey they've had and the stories they have to tell. I, a lot of people say, I haven't had an interesting life. Yes, I hear that. How would you help them or how do you help them to kind of overcome that and realize, oh, my God, I have things to share? Oh, there is. Sometimes it's just kind of taking their back, you know, in their childhood. Even somebody who says, well, oh, yeah, I had a simple life. I lived in a farm. Okay, what was that life like? What was that all about? How did you do your farming then versus what we're doing now, right? You know, folks have lived through the Great Depression. I I had residents who were part of World War II, for example, and many, you know, he had a Purple Heart. And he had a hard time talking about that experience. Until one time my husband kind of saw, you know, the ribbons and stuff and sparked that interest. And all of a sudden, wow, somebody actually recognized this. Mm -hmm. And then he started opening up, you know, about that. I had somebody else who was in an internment camp, you know, Japanese American. Mm. And that story for a long time, he didn't want to talk about it. And just encouraging that, just that curiosity. I think if they know that you're genuinely interested in their story, or if that story can actually make an impact and inspire another generation perhaps because oh, i I'm, i was right there i was like I'm, I, you know i I'm, i meet folks that have platforms that meet millions of people <laughs> thousands of millions of people i you know i i work one-on-one i work with seniors and you know i'm, I'm kind of used to being more behind the scenes i, I like to help others and kind of help make things happen I, I don't need to be you know in front there and it's funny because just recently, you know, less than a month ago, I, I came off a stage and wondering like, gosh, I hope I made sense. Because to me, this is just life. I'm just, I'm just, you know, making the most of what I have while we can, you know? And I was met at the bottom of the stage. I had four women stop and say, thank you. Thank you for sharing that part of your life, because that spoke to me. Now I spoke about, uh, uh, you know, while your heart is beating, the beat goes on. And while the beat goes on, we still have, you can still do things, you know, you don't give up, you keep, you keep on keeping on. 
And she, one of them similarly had a brain tumor that came back. And she says, yeah, now I kind of I'll feel my heart beat. It's something as small as that, and you and I will take it for granted, right? What do you mean? <laughs> What's a big deal? Like sharing that message and what you went through your journey can actually make a difference in that one person and say, yeah, now I'm, I'm going to go and continue and do this things, all of this stuff that I thought was too late. Now I'm going to go do it. Now it's got that ripple effect. You know, that person is going to do all of these wonderful, incredible things. And you just touched that one life. You know, it's the same to the world. You may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world, right? Love and that. I stress that in long-term care because our caregivers, right? Mm -hmm. They're the unsung heroes. They're the ones that make a difference one-on-one, -on -one, taking care of each resident, each person. And what I found, you know, like with long-term care, with seniors, you have the activities of daily living. Yes, we need to make sure you know you're bathing you're dressing you're eating properly right you're able to walk and you're getting to you're able to go from point a to point b transferring but beyond that and we have care managers you know caregivers that can help you with that but beyond that oftentimes what's forgotten is the soul what feeds the soul what hasn't been tapped that needs to come out. Mm. And whether they can move or not. You know, I had a doctor whose mind was still very sharp, but his body was no longer functioning. And it was very frustrating. And when that happens, a lot of times they lash out in anger. They're angry with the world, right? Why? Because they're understanding. Still, you know, with, with dementia, Alzheimer's, you kind of like your own world. <laughs> you know, you're in that moment. In many ways, it's harder when you're still very sharp, but you can't quite do things that you want to do. You, you feel the limitations, the physical limitations. But if you just share that wisdom, what other things or life lessons that you might be able to share with others that becomes limitless it really does and you've done this so many times through your life realizing it first for yourself but then helping other people to realize how important it is to step into that notion of why not or that yes. notion of yeah let's capture that story that journey you are also a, a published author uh, you have shared very personal parts of your story and your journey and and I know that a great part of that is going to be because of the impact it can have and if it can help just one person or two people or three people to connect with them to think why not yes instead of why so what was that journey like for you deciding to kind of bear your your very personal soul to help other people yeah, you know, I was going through a very dark time, uh, beginning of 2021, when I had all these big plans of helping a very dear friend of mine, and somehow that relationship um, was shattered. 
and it pained me so much. It was like losing another sister, you know, and it was so painful. And at the same time, I was grieving still for my sister, Joy, who that was like her fifth year anniversary. And um, we share this right in your book of, of, of grief, dealing with grief. And because I had actually told her, she was kind of the family historian and I knew she had a binder of stories about my parents, clippings, news clippings and things. And my brother, you know, had passed away. He was gonna take on that, that, that task. He passed away at 54. So she took that on and here she was 58 diagnosed. She was now 62, she passed away. So before she passed away, she, I, I remember seeing her with looking at that book and I said, it's okay, Joy, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to get this done and really share some of this. This is what our parents wanted to do, to share some of that stuff with our nephews and these younger ones don't really know the extent, right? And so I kind of, I shifted my energy and said, okay, there's a reason for all of this. And maybe I need to start looking at writing as I promised. And I was, I felt like I was forgetting parts of um, things. And I think I share this with, with, in my book with this flick, with a flick of a switch, life can change. And Coincidentally, or again, coincidence, I don't know. I think somebody whispered in my ear, another friend of mine, Kate, out of the blue, just said, and I don't even know, I know if you're social media, Facebook friend. And she just said, Pat, you need to write your story. And I thought, that's what I need to do, is to start writing. And that's where Find Joy on the Journey came to pass, you know, and, and meeting you, because Ignite possibilities. I love the title, Ignite Possibilities. I said, yes, the heart is beating. We, we go on. I can move because there was a period of time when I couldn't move. I was in so much pain. And sometimes we have to look back. I was think, yeah, things could be better. Life couldn't, things didn't quite go the way we wanted. But you know what? Things can always be worse. There's always somebody else. Or there were times in life that we forget that we were in worse condition. And I had to look at that. I said, oh yeah, I remember. And I couldn't even get off the floor because I was in so much pain, couldn't move, you know, couldn't drive. And what am I complaining about? Or like Nick, I just saw him last week, no arms, no legs, and he's living a full life. What excuse do we have, right? So you bear your soul um, and you put it into the words so you added a, a beautiful story into the book that you've just referenced, Ignite Possibilities. It's an anthology book with 30 some authors. Uh, you wrote it, I wrote a story in that book as well. And this was how we met. But the, the, the touching nature, the, the soul connection that you make in that story is just so beautiful and so raw and so real. Um, and you're so right. People should be writing down what they have lived. Yes. You don't have to have it published in a book, but write no, it just write it down or, or tape it if that's easier, you know, somewhere to where somebody can, you know, make that happen. And yeah, I, I, so many times I've, I've had folks it's wonderful. I have a friend of mine said, yeah, I, I guess I, I, 
I've always wanted to act. I thought it was too late. And she's in her 30s. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, but a friend of mine actually is back up, you know, acting again and doing commercials and stuff in Hawaii. And I'm so happy. And isn't it wonderful to be a part of that? But when I was writing that book, Find You on the Journey, you know, I've had a lot of losses in my life. I'm not just within my family, but even in the workplace, right? Being in long-term care. When my sister passed away, I've never been asked if I wanted to flick that switch in the crematory. That's kind of morbid, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. I said, who wouldn't want to do that? And even identifying her was like so strange because I didn't even recognize her. Identify her, she died here. And you realize that that's, you know, this is, yeah, this is a vessel, this is right, a packaging. Once a soul is gone, you're, it's gone. Mm. And we're here for just a short period of time. And when you flick that switch at the end of it, you know, they whisk her away and that's it. And that's it. That's it. So while we're here, while we're able to do something in whatever capacity, why not? Why not? And it's the why not that got you in your 60s back into acting when other people are taking a step back and saying, I'm ready to, you know, go and golf a little bit, or I'm going to spend my time playing well, card bowls with my friends. It, it, it's tough because as we get older, you know, we also, you know, we have we go through a lot of losses, don't we? You know, and I love your book. Thank you for writing that. Love remains. I have it with me, but yeah, how to deal with grief, and those are all practical tools that you've, you know. We've shared Thank with you. others. And what um, an honor to be a part of that. And you have very kindly shared your journey of loss, of losing your beautiful sister Joy as part of that. And I know that what you have shared from the heart in there will help so many people because losing someone is very, very hard. And it's only when you get to a certain stage in life for most people that you start to lose important people. Yes. Um, but we don't have the we don't come equipped for it. We don't have the, the skills, the techniques to help ourselves to cope with that loss. And just share for the listeners, if you will, some of your advice of how to navigate loss. And again, loss might be that someone has passed on, like your beautiful sister Joy, or it might be the loss of a relationship. It's still grief. What's your advice to people? Wow. Uh, for one thing, I think it's really important to reach out to somebody, somebody else, you know, it's important to kind of talk about things, um, be in a community that, that you connect with, right? You know, and just understanding, I, I, I believe this, things happen for a reason, because out of the ashes, if you will, of those broken plans none of this none of this where I am today with writing and meeting you and meeting all of, none of this would have happened 
if that huge disappointment hadn't happened, if getting my heart broken, you know, didn't happen, um, what I felt was a betrayal of trust, you know, I, I was so hurt to that somebody could think I could do certain things, you know, when, you know, when, when I was so, it was what I was doing when I was out of love. That's, that's rough. You know, it's hard to swallow. And this was the friendship that kind of fell asunder, wasn't it? Um, But from that, you realize stepping back now, you know, things happen for a reason. And, Instead of that, I've I've had even more beautiful friendships um, have grown out of that, um, and beautiful experiences, you know. And this thing of writing and really kind of I realize that there's just so much more that we can do in touching other people um, who are ready, willing, and able to also accept you, you know, uh, for who you are. Mm. And um, yeah, just, just not forgetting to, to live because you know, how many times, I, I've had this happen, we can go to sleep and not wake up, right? And my, bro- my brother passed away at 18. I mean, I, the future is promised to no one regardless of regardless of age, regardless of where we are in life. Um, And so while I think goals and planning for the future and all those are all very important, very important, because it's true, you kind of want to need to know where you want to be, but let's not lose sight of what's in front of us because the future may never come as we plan. My sister and I had big plans about retirement. We talked about traveling and doing all these wonderful things, you know, um, and that never happened, right? How often, you know, like I said, this is what happens when you're making other plans. Yes, life, exactly. I've had three siblings, boom, suddenly just go. My, my dad had a heart attack, same thing, you know. Um, yeah, I had a friend who was coming to my book signing last year and was coming from Washington, D.C. to to New York and celebrate with us. And he was going to go to Malaysia and all that. And on his way, had a massive heart attack. You know? And so that just brings things to the forefront. I mean, don't forget today. This is, again, it's, it's a, you know, say, with our seniors, like 10,000 people turn 65 every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for, for many of us, you know, it's kind of a, it's a big change and, and um, it's a, a big, a, a new chapter in life. And, and oftentimes, you know, and understandably the sandwich generation, you have a hard time juggling, taking care of aging parents and your career and your family and all that. It's, it's, it's rough, but there are resources are out there that you so can go to. For you, Pat, personally for you what do you think are the whether it's the beliefs or the habits that have helped to lift you up and give you that strength to continuously say why not in the aftermath of a lot of sadness and a lot of 
grief in your life. You still have this amazing positivity and can-do attitude. So what are the beliefs or the habits that bring you into that despite the grief? The very basic one. So raise your hand, <laughs> put it over your heart. Okay, I'm still, it's still beating. We have a quiet moment. I said, okay, I'm still here. So why not? What else haven't I done that I wanted to do? And why not do it now? What's keeping me? What's stopping me? You know, who can I help? But hope, help one person every day. You know, who can I help today? Even if it's just one person, that, that makes a difference because it means you're making an impact. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to do all this grand stuff, you know? What gives me joy? And think back on what, what, Regardless of what people will say, you know, I, I actually a friend of mine said, oh, you know, you need to start singing. I was already 60. I said, oh, no, I haven't sung since high school. <laughs> that West Side Story. And I said, no, 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 I don't even sing in the shower anymore, you know. But I remember, yeah, that's kind of fun. And the moment you allow yourself to do that, even if, you know, you think you might make a fool of yourself, so what? If you're having fun, it's your journey. It's your journey, right? I love that. And you know, when we have those moments that we think I'm making a fool of myself, we can sometimes stop or usually maybe stop ourselves from stepping into that and being brave and doing the thing that might look foolish. Yes. But my gosh, when we do it, the feeling of release, of freedom, yes. of joy, is just unbeatable. And what do other people see when we do that? When we do that singing or we're brave to step forward and do something, they don't see someone who's being foolish. They look at that person, they look at you, Pat, they look at anyone who is stepping forward and stepping up and they say, wow, that's amazing. I wish I was that brave. They don't see foolish. You're right, though, and I don't think I, I I don't think I realized it until yeah uh, recently. You're right, and, and because there's so many of us that just wish, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. I'd like to do that. <clears throat> why not? You know, yeah. as my thing. Okay, so what? Why not? So what if you aren't perfect? So what? You know, you're finding a fine joy in the journey. That's my thing. Find joy. You know. Um, what was that uh, a joyful heart is a beat of life is what I say, you know, so if was, uh, you just kind of have to remind one and I still have those moments of, you know, dark times. And again, we, it's so easy to get caught up, you know, the sadness, the grief of this, that, and there are certain things happening, but we can't allow ourselves to stay there in that space mm -hmm. for too long. Activity is the best thing. The moment you get busy, you're, you're doing something, you're doing something productive. That's when you realize, oh, I'm making a difference. Oh, I cleared up the table. Yeah, I made a difference. But even better, when you actually pick up the phone and call somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so uh, that part of getting back into singing, I, I, you know, I had a group of friends, which is great. Maria, thank you for, you know, Bob, Bobby. And, you know, while it's there, um, and I'm glad I did it because now Bobby passed away, you know, um, this year, early this year. And, you know, if I hadn't done that, now I have these beautiful memories of, wow, that was a special chapter in life, mm. you know, that I will always, always 
cherish. I love that so much. And while we encourage the young ones, the next generation, right, and, and encourage them to, to go for their dreams, to not stop, you know, and, and all of that, we shouldn't forget that what about us? Have we done things that we thought would be kind of fun to do, but thought maybe, oh, that's kind of silly, <laughs> you know? You know, even if it's learning technology, why not? <laughs> that's on my mm -hmm. to-do list to be better at it. We can always be better versions of ourselves and regardless of what that is. But yeah, just kind of really just asking yourself, tapping in, into your soul of what it is. And even if just jotting down some notes and it's good to be, to remember, good to remember. It's good to remember. And as you say, it's good to be active. So do something. So even if you're feeling down in the dumps for whatever is going on in life, even though you don't feel like getting up off of the sofa, get up and do something. And it can be as, as little as you said, as clear the table, go yeah. and do something. It can go be out and get some, walk. get some fresh air while you can. The fact that you can even walk out, you know, is a gift. It is a gift. Put on music, do something, anything, do something active for you. And again, there's always what you'll find. There's always somebody else who's, in a worse predicament, and if you can touch that one line, that's a gift, right? So find that is a help. gift that keeps on giving. So as long as we're here, we're able to give somehow, and hopefully with good, and not there's enough critics in the world, you know? For sure. Um, it's, it's easy to tear down dreams. It's, you know, don't want to go there. Let's just try to you know, because life isn't perfect, is it? You know, uh, we're not, nobody's perfect. No. <laughs> so, you know, but we can lift each other up, you know, in whatever way we can and, 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 and just live with joy while we can. <laughs> and it's always within our power to find someone to help to lift up. Yes. Why yes. not? And Pat, I think that is our resounding thought for today. Why not? And more people should be tapping into their own why not. And that's why I got into the third act encore. The encore is, come on, let's do it again. Start to do it again. Bravo. And sometimes we do it, the encore is even better sometimes, right? The encore is better than the... Uh... <laughs> the first run. The first, the first run. <laughs> You know, actually, I, I read, I, I saw a study saying actually folks in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and even 80s are actually in the most productive stage in their lives. You know, you think about it. So I remind myself of that. <laughs> I love it. Pat, that has been so amazing and such an uplifting note at the end um, of possibility, of being limitless, of why not, and finding joy in the journey. Pat, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Thank you for what you do and, and instilling and reminding people that we do have limitless possibilities. We do. Thank you, my darling. And for all those amazing golden nuggets of juicy goodness, thank you from all of us. And thank you to everybody who's listening in. We hope you find joy in the journey. We hope you also find people to help today, get up and do something active. 
and say, why not? Tap into your own limitless potential with why not? So do that, enjoy it, and we will see you again soon for more Limitless Potential.